Hey, this is Kyle O'Reilly. You're listening to and loving the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table. Tom, we had WrestleMania this uh, weekend. Two nights of it. It was the first WrestleMania too big to be contained by one night. Is that what they said? Sure. You know, let's say that that's what they said. Um, Yeah, it was the first WrestleMania that took place on a Saturday and Sunday night. Uh, Night one was uh, broken up into a three-hour show. Night two was also a three-hour show. Uh, both shows had kickoff shows, which I found interesting, and both shows started with a message from Stephanie McMahon. So uh, this podcast episode, for the listeners listening, uh, is going to be a recap of WrestleMania. We won't necessarily get into the night after WrestleMania, because even though that's you know known as one of the wildest shows, given the circumstances, they couldn't have done too much crazy things, and they really didn't, so... I don't know if that really warrants uh, a deep dive, but I definitely want to uh, get our takes on uh, audio of uh, WrestleMania 36. So just generally speaking, before we do this deep dive, what did you think of WrestleMania 36 now that it's over? Yeah, a lot of mixed reviews. I think they did some some things pretty well, given the circumstances, but... So I, I still kind of, I think, ultimately came away thinking maybe we shouldn't have done this. I agree. I, I think the two biggest selling points of why WrestleMania 36 was awesome uh, could have been done on a Raw or SmackDown. I think uh, the Boneyard match and obviously the Firefly Funhouse air quotes match were things that were awesome if it happened on raw or smackdown it didn't have to take place on wrestlemania you know what i'm saying like right. there was no uh, culmination of now we have to go to the biggest stage possible wrestlemania to tell this story i really feel we could have told either of those stories on a raw or smackdown so i didn't really feel that we had to do wrestlemania 36 now i understand you say hey we're gonna do something let's follow through on it okay um but it was interesting. And, you know, my thoughts on kind of the whole event as it is, is first, I don't think you can, you can compare it to any other WrestleMania, given the circumstances, given, you know, the climate of when it took place. It, it's unfair to say, like, was that better than WrestleMania 30 or WrestleMania 17? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just it's not even the same show, really. Uh, so it, it almost stands apart and i really feel i heard this from i think pat mcafee i was listening to his podcast uh you almost have to compare wrestlemania 36 to other things taking place right now not comparing that to other wrestlemanias and when you do that i mean everything's essentially on shutdown i thought it was awesome for that but yeah i agree with you now that we've had some some time to think on it we could have postponed wrestlemania i really think i think so too i i mean <laughs> I think as we touched on it, um, Tim, you there? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think so too. I I think we touched on it in that we in our in our preview episode. We appreciate that they were trying to put out some content. And it was sports like, 
uh, but I just don't know that I gain anything from it other than uh, I think there are some things they should start doing moving forward uh, with some of the things they did here at WrestleMania, which we'll get into later, I guess, as we go along. But so, I mean, I think there are some positives to take from it, but and maybe maybe the positives we take from it, we wouldn't have gotten without this. So maybe maybe not. Maybe it's OK. We did it. And. Look, it will be there. It is now in the history books, and it's one that you will forever be able to go back and look at. And mm-hmm. you can say, like, hey, man, remember when WWE did a, a WrestleMania in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic? Uh, and be like, and remember Dolph right. Ziggler died because of it? Um, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Dolph Ziggler didn't die yes. for anybody uh, listening, uh, Fox News fans or whatever. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, Dolph Ziggler didn't die. Um but, you know, that kind of thing, right? I, I am a little worried about that. Like, eh, we really didn't do social distancing at all here. In fact, you know what I mean? You went the opposite. Um, I, Daniel Bryan had his hand up in somebody's mouth at one point. So, you know. Well, let's try to get away from <laughs> yeah. that because let's just, let's just do a focus on yeah. the show. The Spanish announce table. So night one started off with... Uh, the tag team uh, title match, the women's tag team title match, the Kabuki Warriors and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. How did you think, or and actually let's back up uh, even before that, our host oh, for yeah. WrestleMania was Rob Gronkowski. What did you think of as the host of WrestleMania, Rob Gronkowski? I don't think he thoughts? would have been any different other than he would have been a little more animated and loud if there was a crowd, you know, but he's still the goofball that I mm-hmm. expected him to be. Um, and it just also, it added to the extra weirdness. It was like, look, I know we contracted this guy and we were expecting him to be the host of actual WrestleMania, but like, can we not just say, Hey, can we extend this till next year? You know what I mean? Like it just feels weird having a host when, (laughs) you know, especially when the host doesn't really host the event. Can we talk about that? The host does not guide us through the event. A host of an Oscars at least is like up next to present this mm-hmm. but a host of mm-hmm. wrestlemania doesn't do shit they don't do a damn thing yeah. so what like why i just it felt weird yeah i would have i mean first off just speaking frankly outside of the coronavirus if you were going to put rob gronkowski uh, as the host of any wwe event personally i think he fits SummerSlam better than wrestlemania SummerSlam is the party of the summer i mean that's the tagline of the event so there's the party guy, Rob Gronkowski. I really feel like he should have been a SummerSlam host. And maybe, you know, fingers crossed, we can get through this as a nation and even, you know, across the world. And we can go back to safely having events in the summer. And maybe SummerSlam can happen. Hey, let's get part two. Let's get the real Rob Gronkowski as our host of a WWE event then. But for this, I agree with you. Yeah, there was one segment where he fumbled through his lines. I think he said, uh, this is the night of t- of tonight. I think that's what he said uh, verbatim, uh, which made no sense. And then, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, it made sense to him. And Mojo Raleigh now all of a sudden just has uh, abandoned the old gimmick. That was the new gimmick and went back to the old gimmick of staying hype. So we're just going to excuse all the weird face pain and the talking in a mirror saying how broken he is and stuff. So well, yeah. forget about that. Yeah, that, that all of that was a problem. But now, ah, you know what? That that was dumb. I was just depressed. 
my friend's here. Yeah, my friend's here. I was depressed when he wasn't here. Now he's back. Hey, guess what? Let's stay hyped. Yeah, it made no sense. Dude, that would be great. That would be great if, like, Charlie Caruso's backstage and she was like, Mojo, what happened? You were, like, staring at me and he was like, and he just went into that and he was like, ah, look, man, you know, mental health, mental health awareness is a thing. Like, everybody, like, I was depressed. Uh, you know what I mean? At least that would be a fun thing, right? He'll be like, check on your friends. My friend checked on me. He snapped me out of it. Now I'm hyped again. I'm ready to drink some beer. Let's do it, right? Like, Right, that would be yeah, right. hey, that would have been a better explanation than what we got of, well, he's standing next to Gronk. So anyhow, we had Rob Gronkowski, you know, he tried his best. I'm not going to say that, you know, I could have done any better, or, you know, any other fill in the name celebrity could have done better in that spot. It was a difficult thing to do. He did it. He got by whatever. So then we get into the match. Um, what did you think of the, the first kickoff, you know, of, of of WrestleMania with the women's tag team match. Was it uh, impressive? Did you go like, Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm going to sit back and relax and really get into this event. What, I, what did you think about how they started? The I event? think it, it helped that those are four solid workers, right? Like they all are very mm-hmm. good at what they do. They all each had their own individual, individual role, but it did set the tone for, I was like, this is going to be awkward. Uh, like this is gonna be awkward, mm-hmm. but I, Asuka and, and, you know, the Kabuki Warriors are so fun. They are such great heels for not really being able to speak the language. Like, they are so annoying in a fun way. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it, yeah, they really are. So that helped. And then, you know, Nikki Cross is always a favorite of ours. And Alexa Bliss, goes without saying, is just really good at her role. So I didn't hate it, right? But I was like, I, I really thought this is not going to be a great night. Well, what I thought after the first match and even going into it as they locked up and, you know, started the action is going into WrestleMania. We kept being told like, this is going to be in a dip, a totally different event. And now the two matches that we mentioned, the Firefly Funhouse, the Boneyard match, those were different for WrestleMania, but not necessarily different in the world of WWE. Cause we've seen, you know, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt do their uh, deletion stuff. So we've seen those things just not necessarily at WrestleMania. So when I was told the entire time as the, as the viewer that WrestleMania is going to be different and they give me a match that looked exactly the same as Raw or SmackDown has since they've went to the Performance Center, I was a little disappointed. I really thought they could have done some different things initially right from the jump, right? So one thing that I threw out, and I think I threw it out to either you or maybe a couple other friends that I was talking to uh, at WrestleMania. You don't uh, have On friends. WrestleMania night. <laughs> well, I was writing them down to myself, let's be honest, is if Rob Gronkowski is going to be the host and he's going to throw a party, well, a party has a DJ or at mm-hmm. least some type of music in the background. Now, I'm not saying that, like, it should be, you know, EDM music and we're going to a rave necessarily because, like, if someone's stuck in a submission and we got a DJ going, like, those two things don't compute. But I still think you could have had some type of facilitator audio wise to get you in and out of matches. Very similar to uh, I I was equating it to like when you go to a basketball basketball game, an NBA game, they play music while they're playing Mm -hmm. the basketball game. They also play it during commercials uh, or, you know, timeouts, things like that. But they also play. Yeah. The defense and all that stuff, you know, like there's chance there's. Especially since you want the crowd to interact in wrestling like that, you know? Exactly. Right. And so 
obviously there was sure. no crowd, but you could have done things like yes, that, I that. I felt with a I, DJ I also think saying they, that this is yeah, a party. Missed an opportunity here to get a little bit different, which we've seen this kind of from some like the national championship games in football. And I think even in the NCAA tournament now where you watching it live on whatever app you're watching on can select different views to watch from. Um, you know right. what I mean? Like they could have got, I know wrestling's a little bit harder that way. Cause there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they could have done well, some things like that saying. to yes. give it a little nuance. And, and I guess that's where I was a little disappointed with the non out of the ring matches. Cause you know, edge and Randy Orton, they did really good, good with, you know, getting out of the ring, going around the performance center. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I really felt like the traditional matches, right? This tag team match, the Bobby Lashley, Alistair Black, things like that, you could have done different things because you said this is going to be a different night. So again, you could have had a DJ playing music. You could have done the second screen experience and had three, you know, you can't get too many numbers back there, but three to four people backstage doing a watch along as they watch the match of Bobby Lashley and Alistair Black. I mean, very similar to what AEW did as they would uh, pop in and show you a couple wrestlers in the trailer who were betting on the matches, you know, because it was heels and uh, just hanging out with each other. But they showed you guys watching the match and they had like some commentary that went along with it to just distract you from the silence. How about we do something like you're watching, you know, like you're saying, it's, it's, it's the match is a little stale. There's no music going. So you're listening to Cole and JBL or whatever. You can go, ah, I wonder what Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are saying about this right now. And you can flip over to them commentating on the match, right? Like, hear whatever they're saying about it. Right. right? Yeah, I agree. You could have done, I just felt like, you 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 set a bar that said this is going to be unique and different. This will be one for the you know the memories of WrestleMania history. And outside of the two matches that again we'll get to, everything was kind of like what we've seen on yeah, Raw. There's Smackdown. no reason so, you couldn't have. I know, you did all these things where you're like, oh, it took us eight hours to make this boneyard match. Why did it take you eight hours to film? Just even if it was an in ring match, you could have still like took some time, really pre filmed those. Uh, had all those kind of weird angles, made it cinematic, right? It could have been totally different and still been an in-ring match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I didn't want to, yeah, I don't want every match during this pandemic, you know, stall period right. that I'm calling it to be a boneyard match, but yeah, I needed something. But how about like, you ever seen like when you watch the movie, the wrestler and they're wrestling in the ring, well, that's not like when you watch a wrestling match on TV, but they're showing you a wrestling match in ring in movie cinematic mm-hmm. views, right? Like with the cuts and the directorial, you know what I mean? Like ways you could have done that with a lot of your in ring matches. And that still would have been an in ring match, but you could have like really got right. into the whole drama of it in that aspect, I think. Yeah. So anyhow, the Kabuki Warriors lose their titles to uh Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Uh I think it's good. I think as a team, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross can tell more stories, right? They can keep doing the 
pretty girl, you know, weird friend thing until the pretty girl wants to use the weird friend and then we get a heel turn, things like that. You can tell more stories with that team than you can the Kabuki Warriors. And to be honest, I think the Warriors need to separate, go on a singles run, and then they could really do some fun stuff. Get rid of the pirate thing with Kyrie saying, uh, but also she's fun. And, and Asuka, as much as I don't like her, generally speaking, I agree with you. She's been this weird, fun shit talking of a language I don't understand and I'm into it. So do more of that. I, I, I want to tell her to shut the fuck up, but kind of be like, you want to go get a beer? Like, (laughs) like it's weird. (laughs) Well, and I like it because it's, well, I like it because it's a good distraction, right? If you're shit talking during a match, I'm at least going to be engaged. Then when, for example, for example, there was one instance where I think it was during the Dolph Otis match that Sonya Deville was on the outside and she was going to attack Otis and then Otis turned around and then instead of like Sonya Deville making a noise or saying anything, she just mimed like how you would a pro wrestling match, like just put her hands up and I'm like, say yeah. something. You're you don't do that in real life. So going back to Asuka, I like that she's keeping me engaged even though i don't know what the hell she's saying because it's something that just keeps my attention so i applaud i applaud the kabuki warriors at least for doing that during this well and if we're gonna keep having these like women's tag team titles they got to move around a little bit i think so the spanish announce table Elias King Corbin, which again, I, we touched on this it was just kind of thrown together it didn't seem to make a lot of sense i mean i don't think they had a bad match but they didn't have a good one either, really. It was it. This one really was worrying me. Like I liked the first one okay enough, but I, then I was like, "Gosh, guys, we got to do something different here." Well, I thought again, I, if I if I have the the book or if I have the pencil, whatever they say in pro wrestling terms, if, if I'm booking this match, this is where I use Rob Gronkowski. I don't have him win the twenty four seven title from a roll up on the second night. Now he has that stupid title that like NASCAR drivers have had and stuff that it's just, it's worthless. Now I would have had first off Elias fell two stories. It looked like on the back of his head and just no sold that at all. It had some tape on his shoulder and just, Nope, totally fine. So that was weird. You could have used that angle where Baron Corbin pushes Elias off. Elias then shows up at WrestleMania says, I can't, you know, uh, compete tonight but i got a song for you he starts playing a song says i got a replacement it's rob gronkowski rob gronkowski baron corbin two big bastards staring at each other before the bell hits you have elias hit king corbin over the head with the guitar corbin turns and faces grob rob gronkowski gronk body slams him or does you know signature move boom one two three hey there we go now it's a more meaningful and match all over usa today and sports illustrated yeah, it, it, and he's in a ring. He's not just up in this like studio area where uh, they had him win the title and look stupid. Like I would have done the Gronk spot because you know you had a Gronk spot. I would have done it there. It then solidifies Elias's injuries, which is believable. And then Corbin loses a fluke uh, loss instead of this legit loss. You know, and I'm using air quotes here. Legit loss to Elias. Well, yeah, it would have been so much heat he could use. But let's set the record straight. Um, not a day goes by that I don't use the Gronk spot. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? You know what oh, I'm yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. Talking. The Spanish announce table. 
we had Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler, and I'm a little. I mean, I guess not everybody you want is going to win, but I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Shayna Baszler came out looking too bad. I mean, they did build her up as though, like, yo, this was this was a tough test for Becky Lynch, and she barely pulled it out kind of thing. But I'm a little worried that they hovered on the fact of, like, oh, Shayna's taking this hard. Like, I'm a little worried we're going to get a twist up to her. Well, so you go back to the Elimination Chamber, and she chokes out every girl in what seemed like three minutes total ring time. And just looks like to be the most dominant, you know, female since Ronda Rousey, right? And I know that's not that long period of time, but you get what I'm saying. That that domination of, oh shit, no one can touch her, right? And then she loses, and she's not a novice, right? She's been in NXT for a while. She's obviously built rapport with the fans. It's not the Ronda Rousey type of spot where it's like a new pro wrestler learning the ropes and just happens to be dominant. No, Shayna is a good wrestler, has good wins over Bianca Blair and all her NXT stuff, plus what she did at the Elimination Chamber. So I thought it was weird that she would get Becky in a in a submission and she would lose to a weird modified roll-up. And that that kind of put a little sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I really hate the idea of a roll up too when it's when the person doing the roll up is significantly undersized to the person they're doing the roll up to. It's also like a I mean I know everything's a little hard to believe with pro wrestling, but that one also I'm always like come on guys. Again, let me fantasy book because that's my favorite thing to do in the world because I'm sitting in a recliner and I'm comfortable and I can talk my shit on my podcast. So here you go. This is what you could have done. Because like you said, it seems like Shayna's now taking that loss a little bit too hard. And maybe we're going to get this weird, you know, Woe maybe me. she goes into biting. Or well, maybe she goes into biting people because that's MVP, what. The MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Real gimmick. Yeah. yeah. So who knows, right? But you had a great opportunity to tell a story of Becky Lynch being the badass underdog to then being fat and happy and loses her title, right? In a year mm-hmm. span, she went from underdog to wearing Jerry King's uh, uh, crown, you know, wearing all these meme glasses and all that stuff. To just get she murdered got, by an up-and-comer, you know what Right. I mean? She got too fat and happy. She got too complacent. Now I mean, we she should have got her. murdered. <laughs> right. And, well, and we could have told that story of now Becky Lynch is lost. She needs to regain her confidence. You go send her on her journey, right? Meanwhile, you have Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler could have been like, you're not the man. You're just a little boy, right? Like she could have like leaned into it. Right. And so then you had Shayna Baszler as your top uh, women's champion, heel women's champion, just continually running through women, right? So Natalia the next night on Raw. And then after that, it's Bianca Belair. And then after that, it's um, uh, Liv Morgan, then Lana, just every girl, right? Boom, 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 boom. Till you get to SummerSlam, because hopefully, again, that's when we get uh, matches, you know, in front of crowds again. And Shayna Baszler's like, none of these bitches can touch me. Look, you got Becky Lynch over there, you know, not even knowing what her name is. All these other girls I've choked out. What's next? And then that's when you could return Ronda Rousey, Ronda versus Shayna. Oh, shit. Former best friends, now bitter rivals. Da, 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 da. Marquee match. That's what you could have done. It writes itself. But nope, we got to have Becky Lynch be Becky 365, apparently. So that's what I think. Yeah, there definitely was a theme throughout uh, that um, the booking didn't seem to – they're definitely – they took this time to just kind of get things thrown together. And obviously, I mean, their hair was probably on fire with a lot of this, so we got to cut them some slack. But there definitely wasn't a whole lot of overall 
overarching direction to any storylines. We do right. think that's a bit of a problem generally with WWE right now, but it even mm-hmm. seemed more prevalent because of this. And I, I'm, I'm going to, for now, I guess, just factor into that, that, man, they were piecemealing this together and things were changing by the minute. So who knows at some point, I guess. But, yeah, it just felt like it, it's hard to justify this decision if you're going to, like, weigh it against the other options when you're booking yeah. this, you know? So, yeah, and again, um, we'll see what happens, but I'm not interested now in Becky Lynch. I'm less interested now than I was going into Mania with Becky Lynch. I'm a little less interested in Shayna now than I, I was uh, going into WrestleMania because I've seen what they've done to she, other NXT stars. Like she was a, my number one, too, man. Right, and it, yeah. you know, look at what they did to Aleister Black. Look at what he did at this WrestleMania. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't have a lot of confidence in NXT people being called up now. And not to say I was before, but still, you had a chance here well, with Shayna Well, but it Baszler. used to, man. The Shield, you know, all those yeah. guys. Yeah, and that was slightly around ago. that time, but they needed They had nobody. Cena had left and they had nobody. So they were yeah. kind of forced into that. Yeah. So anyhow, I, I really thought you, you missed a great oppor- opportunity. And again, that's me because I think my ideas are better than everyone else's. So take that with a grain of You're salt. You're not always wrong on that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, I thought it was a good match with an abrupt ending. And yeah, I just don't like that weird modified roll up where it's like, just release your fucking hands. You win yeah. or you don't get you don't lose if you just release the hold. Why are you holding on to a choke when you know you're being pinned? It's just weird. well, but anyhow. and they draw out the three counts so much in, in, in wrestling like that, that like you have more than enough time to realize what just happened. Right. The whole like, oh, my God, it was a surprise. Like, well, what? it was a surprise at the first count. Right. Like, right. And, mm-hmm. and you should have been able to overpower. Like you weren't so she didn't beat you down so much that you couldn't kick out a two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. The Spanish announce table. Then we got Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan. And we, off the record, you know, text messaging to each other whatnot, I said, how many times do you think these guys wrestle each other to almost no fans? So they're probably really used to this. Um, yeah. But, they're, man. They were in their element yeah. with no fans. Yeah. It worked well, though. I liked it. What did you think? Oh, Jesus, man. Daniel Bryan, did Sami Zayn owe him money? Like, <laughs> like shoot, like because he beat the fuck out of Sami Zayn. I was there, some of those kicks and some of those punches. I was like, hey man, we all know this is a work. You don't have to fucking like kill this man. And you know that was my first takeaway from the match. Is just good Christ, he has beaten the fuck out of him. And to I don't Sami Zayn, I think maybe and, I think because of what we talked about, those guys have wrestled. For decades, even in front of almost nobody, we talked about this with like our local guys here, Jeremy White and stuff. That they know when they've got to make a scene because it's hard mm-hmm. when there's small crowds. I worked at that comedy club forever. The same joke will be just as funny to the people, or the same thing will hit to the people. But when there's less of them, they don't react as much because nobody wants to feel like they stick out in the crowd. Right. So a smaller crowd won't react as loud, and when there's no crowd, like you've got to make it come off. So they may have just thought like. We've got to make this hit. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be they fucking did. intense. You've got to forget there's no crowd here. Yeah, they definitely did. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I thought of. Uh, that's what I'll think back to about that match. If anyone, you know, a couple weeks from now wants to, m- my opinion on that match, that's what I'll first think about. But second, I love that Sami Zayn st- still is your Intercontinental Champion. Me I really too. thought they might. Mm-hmm. I really thought they might go to Daniel Bryan, which, again, Daniel Bryan, I think, is universally like the most well-rounded pro wrestler in all of pro wrestling with promos, 
in-ring work, can be babyface, can be heel, all that That's stuff. That's a good point. I think he's the best. Is he the, is he the most the most main event level utility player there is? Absolutely, right? Yeah, he tells the best stories right now. You've got lots of utility cylinders. players at lower levels, but a main event utility yeah. player like that is, is it's he's insane. Rare. So I really thought they might do the Daniel Bryan IC champ just to then get Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura, then do Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Like you could do those matches as him as champ and those three coming after him. You could have done that. But Sami Zayn's a champ. I love it. Sami Zayn gets a win. Sami Zayn's still one of my favorites of all time uh, in my book, so I'm always happy when he wins. Same with Daniel Bryan, but still. Uh, love to see Sami Zayn get that victory, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next. The Spanish Announce Table. John Morrison, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi Kingston all wrestled, which this is another interesting uh, thing here. But again, I mean, these guys... Uh, are known for uh hardy you know tlc level aspect of when when we need to put on a big show we're gonna risk our bodies right? yeah but can i tell you something i'm i don't know it feels like the ladder match to me especially a multi-man ladder match like this was a three-person uh ladder match it's starting to feel mm-hmm. like when in the late 90s, early 2000s, when guys would go through tables. It's like, yeah, everyone goes through yes. a table. And then the, these ladder matches just bleed into each other. There's there's nothing about that one that I'm going to remember different than the one previous to that. That was awesome. The one that was previous to that, that was awesome. I'm not saying that the, the match at all was bad. Yeah, but the moves are all – yeah, even the spots are all largely the same now. How, like, it's always – at the highest spot you can come off of through a ladder, right? I mean, it's, yeah, and it's like, maybe two, I, I get it. right? We're going to set up a couple ladders. We're going to go through it. So like, that's the whole gimmick and we've done it now, right? They could dial that one back somehow or find a new way to spice it up, but you spice it up. You already spice it up by and take them from one ladder to 17. So I don't know what. Yeah. And so, like I said, nothing is bad about that match. I would show it to anyone who is, uh, you know, interested in pro yeah. wrestling. That's oh, like, what's this about? Galore. Right. It's, it's perfect. It's great. Checks all the boxes, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put that on my all time list. I'm not going to put that even in the well, top again, three or four moments no feeling, of this. Though. You know, there's yeah, no and, real reason for this. Well, to, there was no story either. Right. I mean, not that there wasn't a story there was, but it wasn't compelling. So again, it, it's, it's paint by numbers ladder match where, you just do this spot to this spot to this spot. And then that did have a creative finish, right? The three of them wrestling over it. Two of them screw up. The The heel takes two belts and falls back on the ladder. He wins. Okay, cool. But again, all right, sure. So, yeah, I again, I'm not trying to shit on the match. But what I'm trying to say is, like, maybe we rest this type of match to then make me miss it. Or we find, like you said, different ways to tell the story with the ladder. The Spanish announce table. Another good one here was Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Again, also guys who have, I mean, a lot of wrestlers have that experience that I'm talking about, right? Wrestling in front of nearly no fans. But these mm-hmm. guys are not too distant from that, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. they, they are distant from. Like they've been around for a while here on the main stage, but um, it still feels like they still have some of that mentality in them, right? Some of that's still built off of that. And I think it showed again. I think they know how to really make you focus on the two players in that match, regardless of any storyline buildup. 
before the night, they know how to tell an in-story match really well. Or in-match story, was, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, this one was my sleeper match of the weekend. I really loved this match a lot. I thought the storyline going into it, the build-up and all of that was perfect. Not perfect, but really well done for WWE. I thought, again, kind of like what I was saying with Asuka with her talking shit during the match, even though I don't understand what she's saying. Kevin Owens does that, but I do understand what he's saying. So it keeps me interested. It keeps me enthralled. I, I, I'm actively watching this, not passively watching this. And then that spot where he jumps off of the WrestleMania sign. I know what I just said about the ladder match, kind of just jump his off the ladder and, you know, it's a spot. But this felt a little different. Uh, I thought this match was really well done. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, you hit all the spots that we could talk about on this, but Kevin Owens is one of my favorites for that reason. Like you're talking about, it feels real when he's in there fighting. Cause he is talking so much shit. If I'm in a fight with you, Tom, and I'm getting the upper hand and this fight's continuing. Oh, you better believe I am talking so much smack in your ear. Like that's just how it goes. Oh, yeah. 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 The Spanish announce table. We had Braun Strowman and Goldberg. Man, I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> this is what I will say. I can't remember the WrestleMania now because as I get older, they all start to bleed together, uh, just like ladder matches, uh, apparently. But the uh, Goldberg-Lesnar 2 WrestleMania match, not the one at 20, the second one that they did, where it was finisher, 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 psych, finisher, we're done. That was really cool and really awesome that time, right? And what I think is Goldberg and Lesnar heard the great feedback from that match and said, oh, so that's the recipe. That's all I have to do. And now that's the only thing they do. And this was a perfect example of it. Spear, 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 almost a jackhammer. It's not. It's a power slam, power slam, power slam, and you lose. Braun Strowman wins. Yeah, I don't think it comes off nearly as well without a crowd. Um, Not that I thought it came off all that great. I mean, you know, it, it was cool in that moment, like you're saying. But I also think some of this got into uh, Roman Reigns is gone. That was who was supposedly probably going to carry any semblance of what they thought was going to be a match. Mm -hmm. uh, insert Braun Strowman, who is not exactly known for being the ring general himself. Uh, it probably was that. It was like, well, you know, it worked last time there, guy. I used to be the greatest. Let me show you. And Goldberg probably said, oh, we'll just do this. And, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I knows, agree. You know? Now, I, I do like Braun as the champ. I, I, I think that could be fun. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a long time. And I don't necessarily think he's going to get a lot of stories, but let's hope that when Roman does come back, Braun's still the champion. We have a backstory with that, and we can uh, we can tell that story again, and then you know get into some fun stuff. I hope they really missed that golden opportunity when he was smoking white hot uh, to put the title on him. But I kind of wish his title run would be more. As a sinister heel, kind of the like, you know what I mean? Who are you gonna? Who's gonna come take it? Right? Like, he's yeah, just evil. He's squashed. But like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we get what we get. I guess. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They have a back history. Let's hope that when Roman does feel comfortable uh, wrestling, as he should wait, <laughs> he should wait. 
Uh, but when he does feel comfortable, Braun is still the champion, and we get that fun backstory. Maybe we have some callbacks to, like, I don't know, uh, Roman Reigns is now lifting up a fucking uh, ambulance or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying necessarily do that, but I'm saying we can have fun callbacks to their previous rivalries. Uh, that that hopefully could be some fun uh, television for us. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Anything with Goldberg is not fun. Goldberg is I'll, – I'll give Goldberg this. Since WCW to now, his promo work is way better than I ever thought it could 100%. be. 100%. I agree. And, and his selling is way better than it used to be where he felt like he could never sell anything at all. Now he's actually a pro wrestler well, in, the, in the, that um, sense. The Austin interview that he did on the network – Went a long way for me to understand that. Like, A, I knew that about him, but it kind of let me go like, oh, that is true, right? That he has gotten mm-hmm. better in these regards. And seeing that, like, now he kind of is into – like, I think when he got into wrestling, he kind of didn't value it because he treated right. it how he saw it his whole life. But I think looking back, he probably realized, like, man, those were some good times. Fuck, I should have – you know what I mean? I could have right. continued that and could have been – and if he truly was like, man, I really did this to try to be a role model to kids – he might have looked back and been like, shit, I could have been a bigger, longer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he does take it more seriously now, but he still is in that just, all right, I'm well, sure. Cause, well, because my son was like, didn't he just like get the tie? Because he doesn't really follow wrestling enough, but it kind of knows it's mm-hmm. there and respects it. And I was like, I mean, he did, but that's it, man. He only wrestles like two or three times a year. And he was like, what the fuck is that? And I kind of had to explain who he was, you know. Yeah, I think this is the best version of Goldberg there ever has been. Unfortunately, I think this Goldberg is too old to be believable as champion. When you're 50, whatever it is, and you look more like Santa than wrestler, eh, I'm sorry, I'm not really buying he looks like the character. He looks like the Affliction guy from the Tiger King, only just buff. Yeah, right, exactly. Totally he agree. Could, yeah, he could play him for Halloween. Maybe, Halloween maybe he will. We'll see. Yeah. Or maybe we should just go in and be like, it's my fucking Tiger Zoo now. Fucker, get out of here. The Spanish announce table. All right, and this is the match that ended the night. And this was interesting. The Undertaker, AJ Styles, Boneyard match, which was not a Boneyard. It was a Barnyard match, right? Well, I think it was supposed to be a, <laughs> a graveyard match, but they didn't want to use the term graveyard because of the coronavirus. But like, it looked like they were in a barnyard less than a damn graveyard. Like, it looked like they were just at a goddamn barn house like i don't even know what that thing was yes there was yeah some i don't either there. i mean i yeah it must yeah. be the maintenance shed i don't know Fuck. yeah but i like this i like this match a lot first off it, it made me uh laugh pretty hard to start off when initially i fell for it i thought that, that was undertaker in the casket and then when they uh reveal it was aj styles and that just smart ass laugh that he had where i just wanted mm-hmm. to punch him in the face fucking love that that was great um with Undertaker's limitations, if you're ever going to have Undertaker again, which, let me say this right now, I don't think you should. I think the last thing you saw is literally him riding off, not into the sunset, but riding off into the night. That should be the last we ever see Undertaker. That's perfect. I mean, there was plenty of times when we could have had the perfect ending, but with all things said and done, that was perfect. Never come back. That was your last thing. You're done. That's perfect. His literal last ride. I know. And you That's put out what I'm the, saying. you put out that documentary about it, right? Like, well, well, specifically to this match, you had him start up the motorcycle, which is a callback to the American badass, but you still had the undertaker symbol on that 
house, barn, whatever it is. And then you had him going out, riding on his own into the, into the moon. Because again, he's an undead wizard. So, you know, the nighttime undertaker thing fits more with night than it does day. It was just, that's, that needs to be our last image ever of undertaker. Well, especially because like, this was a great utilization for what we talked about, right? Let's get a cinematic approach to some of this. And the Night 2's version of this did way better, but it's also more likely to be able to be used again because we're not, who's going to do a Boneyard match? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so again, it all fits well as like a, this was a nice bow. Now, would you have asked me, what is the final, final thing we'd ever see The Undertaker? I probably would have never been like, I wanted a WrestleMania where there can be no fans and I'd like it to be against AJ Styles in a, in a cinematic boneyard match. Right. But it does feel like, all right, that's cool. I got like, we're good there. You know, like, like I, I like it. I like if that was his last ride. I really hope it was. Cause I, f- I feel like it checked all the boxes of what the undertaker character is. Right. So first off you had the graveyard match. Let's just call it that. I'm, I know we were trying not to be insensitive because of the coronavirus and things of, of that nature. So we're calling it boneyard, but really it's a graveyard match. He's done millions of these, right? He did it against Yokozuna. He did it against Kane. He did it against every buried uh, alive match buried alive. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. He did it against Vince McMahon. He did it all these times, right? So that's his, his style of match. So we did that. Then we had him teleport. Remember he's down in the casket. Yep. Uh-huh. AJ Styles thinks he's going to bury him. Nope. He yeah. turns up. He's right behind him. Focused on how old he is. They said it so much, right? Like, right. But then, then even on top of the 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 uh, the barn, he's you know where are you going, AJ? And AJ thinks he's going to go away. He calls on the fire. Boom! That's another callback right. to the Undertaker. Well, the Druids, but they were against it, like you know, right? The Druids are then moving on to something else because they turned on him. So there they go. That's another callback. And then he's dressed in his American badass uh, attire. There's that callback. So it's like the full character of what the Undertaker whole thing was a is. Showcase of the Undertaker character. It really That's was. exactly right. It was the right hands. It was a. It was a big boot. There was a tombstone on Carl uh, Anderson. Hell, he threw uh, Luke Gallows off like mankind off the barnyard. That's another callback. I felt like everything was. That's the Undertaker character. There's nothing they missed. And again, that's why I think let's never see him again. I agree. But let's sum up night one before we get into night two. How did you feel then at the end of that? The last ride goes off and you're like, all right. Thought it was awesome. I thought night one was great. I thought night one was better than night two. Obviously, we'll get into night two here in a moment. Uh, But I think the Sami Zayn-Daniel Bryan match was brutal, physical, stiff, uh, captivating. I think the Kevin Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match was uh, very, very well done. Uh, Would have been awesome. Obviously, it had fans, but it didn't. And then, yeah, Undertaker, full, you know, encompassing uh, display of what his character is. A great worker in AJ Styles who can lose matches like that. And then he does the little uh, hand thing at the very end that I thought was funny and great to show that he's not actually dead. So that's a good touch. Um, Yeah, I thought night one was awesome. One of my fun parts of that match, too, is when he's got, like, the Undertaker in there right before the teleporting, right? And then, like, he's Mm -hmm. all... He's all like ready to do his thing. And then the teleporting happens and his reaction was so fun. Like it was so funny, but yet like you knew like, okay, shit's about to go down now. Right. Like here's yeah. the final scene because he was just like, Oh, like what's that sound? And he was like, 
oh, well, fuck me, right? Like, you just kind of <laughs> had that look like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Hey, not for nothing, AJ Styles, my, and my son was watching this too, and he kind of, kind of, not the best actor, and neither is The Undertaker, right? But there were definite some moments that did feel really real from AJ Styles in this. And, I mean, it just fit really well, right? Like, he leaned into all the sleazy old man stuff, you know? Like, it, it, he did his part really well for this match. Yeah, again, I thought that was the best. I thought it was awesome for Undertaker. I thought it was awesome to end the night one. I, I thought it was great. Perfect, perfect, perfect. The Spanish announce table. Tom, I'm out of toilet paper. And okay. I know a great place I can buy toilet paper. They'll ship it right to your house. It's called Amazon.com. Is that a startup? Nah, you know, they've been around for a little bit. I think they're gaining a good share of the market. And that's why we want to support them now. Gotcha. Um, don't listen to any past things we've said about them. They're great. But what we would like you to do, though, is because they offer this program, is don't go directly to Amazon.com. And I'm speaking to you, the listeners here. Uh, you go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net, right? We're the only oh, people they do this yeah. for. We're the only people they do this mm-hmm. for. You go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. We've got an Amazon link at the top of the page. You click on that. It will take you to Amazon.com. And you will pay the same price as you would if you went there directly. The thing is... Jeff Bezos will give us some of that cashola, right? That money, 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 right? Those greenbacks and DiBiase-backed dollars, right? And we need that so we can keep the show free for you. You've had some experience with this, yes? Yeah. You know, I would definitely encourage all people listening uh, to support that uh, young startup company, Amazon. And while you do it, uh, support this juggernaut of a podcast as we grow bigger and better and better each and every week. Uh, so let us, the Spanish announce table army, give a little rub to the small guy, Amazon, and go there by first going to our website, clicking on their link. So now you're exposed to this young startup company. And then, like Tim said, buy some toilet paper, maybe buy, maybe buy some tennis shoes. Hey, even get a T-shirt. And if you're not into all that stuff, you know, maybe you can just get a personal item for you yourself. But before you go to that young startup company, Visit this juggernaut of a website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. You go to the biggest, baddest podcast recorded on a Wednesday night website, and you click on that link, and then that is what you do to get us some kickback so that we can show that little startup that we have a voice. The Spanish Announce Table. Night two of WrestleMania. Uh, first time ever, right? Or is that right? Was the first time? Yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah, no, that's yeah. right. It's ever. So interesting and, you know, double interesting as we've already mentioned with the whole no fans thing. But um, you already had a night in. What were your expectations coming in tonight? Too? So uh, I knew that the Firefly Funhouse match was going to be in night two because obviously they finished with the Undertaker match on night one. I honestly thought because, if you recall, uh, Bray Wyatt did the match with Randy Orton inside of a house, and uh, that sucked. I can't remember what that was for. I think it was maybe Rumble or SummerSlam or one of those pay-per-views, and it was bad. It wasn't good. It was kind of just – it was a little bit too cringeworthy to pass as, like, enjoyable. And I really thought, okay, that's what we're going to do with Cena – and why, right? We're going to just be in a house that has those toys around and it's going to be stupid. Yeah. So that I was also, the House of Horrors 
match. That's what it was. Yes. And that yeah, was yeah, yeah. WWE Payback in, I don't have a year here in front of me. I don't see the year, but it was Payback House of Horrors. I mean, I'm going to guess yeah. 2017. Here it is, 2017. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so I, I was like, man, that sucks. Well, at least we got the Undertaker match, right? And then I thought, there's a lot of things here that would be beneficial if it had a crowd. Uh, namely, Otis, Dolph Ziggler, uh, and the Street Profits. I thought those two acts, you know, that match and then the Street Profits as an act would really suffer the with not having profits, a crowd. The Street Profits, absolutely, yeah. And so, you know, as we get into it, I think I was accurate at least on that. I was completely wrong in the Firefly Funhouse. First off, it wasn't a match. It was just a fever dream, which is incredible. Um, and it was so fucking cool. But we'll we'll wait till we get to that. The Spanish announce table. Well, we had Liv Morgan and Natalia, which, again, that may be the kickoff show. I think we missed Cesaro and Drew Gulak. Yeah, Lack, yeah you know. kickoffs. Man. You know, I heard somebody describe Natalia as canned soup. It was like technically fine, but, you know, nobody's really getting excited about it. Um, Charlotte, Charlotte won the NXT championship, um, which I, we, we touched on that. I was like, that's interesting. I wish they would do that, but I didn't think they would or should do it against Rhea Ripley considering, you know, the rocket mm -hmm. she was on. So mm -hmm. I'm, in, I'm intrigued that they went that way and hopefully maybe that can bring some attention maybe because I would hope they continue that feud then, I guess, because, or maybe Rhea Ripley just moves on to the main roster maybe already. I don't know. I don't know well, maybe. I think, I think, and we'll get into the Street Profits match in a little bit later and uh, fast forward to the night after Mania. They said Bianca Belair is on Raw. I think they essentially did a trade where Bianca Belair is going to be on Raw and Charlotte's going to be on NXT, which then means you have Becky, Bailey, and Charlotte as your three women's champions. Three-fourths of the four uh, horsewomen are a champion so across go. the uh -huh. whole damn thing, it seems like. Uh, so I just found that interesting. Ooh, are um, we heading that way then for SummerSlam? No, we gonna do no, I, I, no, I don't think so. I think what we're going to do is we're just going to have uh, a more mainstay main event player in the women's division to help out the Rhea Ripley's. The well, yeah, Candace they did it Lerays with the men's with Finn Bal Balor. Right. Yeah. So again, I think she's going to fill that role. Uh, obviously, she's coming in as champ. I, I think she'll continue with the Rhea Ripley storyline. And then probably hang out there for a while. They should do this more often with some of these players. We've said when somebody's getting the stand on, they've got nothing. If they're a good hand to show some of these guys and gals some of the ropes, send them back down to NXT. Like, and uh, an old friend of mine from an old show that's not really going on anymore, but Dan the Cannon uh, of WWR, he always said you could even build that into an aspect of that show with NXT where – People are actively campaigning to try to prove that they're good enough to get off the fucking show, right? Like, oh, I've had five successful NXT titles. I finally get to move up to the main roster, right? Like, you could you could go that way sometimes. Like, you could work with that so well with the in and out of it being like a minor league, quote unquote, that, I mean, it writes itself sometimes. I agree. But, yeah, uh, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, Charlotte's a champ. I, I, again, I don't think it was necessarily a five-star classic, but right. I don't think it was a stinker. Uh, I just think it happened. It was not shocking, but surprising uh, that Charlotte the, won. Good the twin towers of the of the ladies' division going at it, right? Yeah, man. I tell you what, those are two athletes for sure. They are. Uh, 
And so, yeah, we'll see what happens now. But I, I like the move. I, I'm not. I wasn't uh, a detractor. Yeah, I don't hate of Charlotte it. winning the match. I'm just worried about where the yeah is this gonna affect Rhea Ripley in a part where she just kind of fizzles out. Uh, which I mean, we haven't necessarily seen enough to prove like she's the one that should move forward, right? We don't know that she wouldn't right fizzle out on her own, you know. The Spanish announce table. Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was unimpressed, I guess. Well, I don't think that was main event worthy. I really don't. I don't think, like, if this was a traditional WrestleMania, that's on the kickoff show. Yeah. I thought that was a filler match. Um, I think it was interesting on the next night on Raw uh, where Bobby Lashley is like, I might mm-hmm. need to find a new manager or a new wife. So they're already just moving past that storyline, uh, which I find interesting. Um, but, yeah, it happened. Alistair Black looks like Alistair Black. Neato. What's next? Yeah, now he's got <laughs> Unless horns. you had something. No, now he's got horns. The Spanish announce table. Otis defeating Dolph Ziggler. And this was fun. I like Mandy Rose. Like, they went anti-80s wrestling and didn't have her, you know what I mean, side with Ziggler. And Otis got him some. Like, that was some fun stuff. Otis gave... A very fun elbow on his caterpillar at the end. I don't know if you caught that, like when he gave him the the, uh, the old elbow, like he held it, like he he did the thrust, and then he jumped, and he just kind of was like he was going to shoulder drive him, and then at the last second stuck the elbow out. It was slick. Otis, I like Otis. Yeah, I like this storyline. I like love triangles or whatever mm-hmm. we're calling this in wrestling. I want more and of it. Otis is hard to hate, man. I tell you, he's he's got some charisma. He's like a Chris Farley almost. Like it's oh yeah oh yeah Chucky <laughs> oh he says Tucky but well, I always like to say well Chucky. and what did his shirt oh, say it yeah, said Chucky. ham and what was the shit I forget what it said oh uh, ham and yeah, slam well, yeah, ham, ham and slam <laughs> instead of steaks oh, and weights yeah. ham and slam oh yeah Tucky oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just love him yeah he's lovable he got the girl the girl uh turned on her best friend and the hot guy like yeah again that would have been uh that could have been the top three oh, moments yeah. of the night if it was in front of, you know, 60,000 uh, yeah. and all that kissing. and the kiss. Like, yeah. they would have went nuts. The crowd would have went crazy. Uh, if you I went crying. nuts. I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the better moments in in this WrestleMania uh, from both nights, and I loved it. It was well, great. Oh, yeah. Are we going to get a uh, Michaels Janetti situation here with the Otis and the other guy? What is the other guy's name? Tell me right now. Tucker. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> but the only reason, I, but the only reason I know that is because Otis always says it. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I feel like Otis has got the smoke, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the other guy's not bad, and don't get me wrong. I, I would have, when they first came out, I would have told you, yeah, this Otis guy is going to fizzle out. This the other guy who probably has any chance just because he seemed to get it more. You know. You know who trained Otis? Uh, local tie. Uh-huh. Who trained Otis? Do you know who that was? was? Uh, uh, Hoodie Howitt. Hoodie Hallett. Hoodie Hallett. Friend of the show. You know, he does uh, Tech 9 videos now. Yeah, he works for uh, Strange Music, so good for him. But anyhow, that's a local wrestler for listeners who aren't aware. Uh, really good uh, friend of the show. Well, really he's also got a, a large following in Cali and Colorado and some oh, other yeah. places and for stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. But yeah. Anyway, um, Otis. Otis is the man. I love Otis. The Spanish announce table. Edge. Yeah. And Randy Orton, uh, brutal match. And Edge, uh, in his first match back in nine years, puts in the longest WrestleMania match that was not an Iron Man match. Yeah, it felt like it. <laughs> yeah, it did uh, feel like it. 
I'll say this. If you, you know, the editors on YouTube pages and all that stuff, they're going to put together the highlights of that match and it's going to be fucking (laughs) awesome. Right. But it was way too long. I agree with you. It 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 drug on. They could have hit that in less. They could have done a little bit more to get to the next spot. There was a lot of punch. A lot of rest hold. Yeah. Punch. Kick. Walk. And I was like, come, wow, man, let's speed this up. And again, I like the story. I liked everything. It just it fizzled because of how long it took. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but you think we'll get too much more of Edge or just an occasional drop in? As far as the storyline, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to keep going to the world. Are we going to have Edge around? Do you think we'll see Edge wrestling 12, 15 times a year? Or do you think we're... Oh, yeah. No, I think, you know, once we get fans back in the arenas, he'll probably come back for something or, you know, hey. Uh, like a Jericho run? Like a solid every week for three months kind of a thing? or like a, Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. a this, 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 this. Now I'm gone. Come back. This, this, this. So this, not this. a Lesnar style 15 right. dates or something, but more like a maybe 15 dates in three months kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. I think that's the schedule that he's probably. Because he has at. other projects still, right? He's still acting and still. In a, I believe so. Yeah. And if you watch that uh, 24, he always says that, you know, him or Beth have to be home for the kids because, you know, they want to be there as a as a present parent. So I, I definitely think that factors into. his. Oh, yeah. Well. If you've listened to them, that's a very important in their life is their family yeah. aspect of that mm-hmm. life. Like they like Beth Phoenix literally stopped wrestling because of it. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So, uh, I don't know what we see next. I could easily see a, uh, you know, tournament style number one contender match, and we throw Edge in that. Then he becomes a number one contender, and now he's fighting for the title. That's his next story. Edge we'll quietly feels to me like one of my favorite wrestlers of just being like that I like because he was just a solid guy who was a fan of wrestling forever, right? Like, kid grew up a wrestling fan, Hogan, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, came in with his best friend. They stayed best friends forever. Then he met the girl. Uh, they're wholesome. They've got a family. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Edge is a fucking really cool guy. You know what I mean? Like, just a solid dude and like, and, and a top performer, one of the most decorated ever, right? It's weird yeah. that like, I, it, it's because of his abrupt ending, I think, and just the time frame that he was in, I, I feel like he, he gets, he's underrated if that makes any sense. Uh, I think he's properly rated. I think, think so? now, yeah, I think if you say, hey, rated our heel edge, now we're talking, right? Mm-hmm, but right. a lot of his career was filler, in my opinion, right? When he was doing his baby, baby face stuff after leaving Christian, I didn't think it was good. Yeah, he was um, much better as a heel than he was yeah, a face. and that's what I'm saying. I like edge, but hey, let's have someone... You know, trip that wire and let's get him to the dark side because that's the edge I'm into. Not this. Hey, I'm yeah. here for my friends and my even family. the um, <laughs> even the snarky, you know, Miz and Morrison style edge heel. Uh, yeah, was was better than than most of his face stuff. I will give you that, but I I would argue that with a lot of guys too. So I don't. Oh yeah, say yeah. That's unique uh, to him, I but. agree. The Spanish announce table. Street profits defeating. That. Two guys that were around, I guess. Uh, Angel Garza and Austin Theory, which again, not, we've talked Austin Theory's awesome. Angel Garza is no slouch himself either. But again, like 
Oh, I'm shocked that the Street Profits retained their title over the 0-1 team of Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Uh, it just felt weird, right? Yeah, this again, I think, would have played better to a crowd because the big reveal was that Bianca Belair, Montez Ford's uh, mm -hmm. real-life wife, came to the rescue, right? That would have got a good pop. You would have got the whole, hey, they're all united together. Now look Cups. at them. That right. adds, yeah, that adds more to the, the, the pop of the win. Uh, so that would have played better to a crowd, and I think we would have had a more favorable um, opinion gonna, of this match. Are they going to just put her with the Street Profits, or is she just going to become like the third Street Profit? I I, I like it. I, I love that whole team. Oh, man, they're all fun. I love watching Oh, they them are fun. I just I, I worry if they're going to dilute down that. You know what I mean? It works really well, the Street Profits, right now, right? Like their whole charisma and their whole shtick. Yeah, but I think yeah. she's a strong enough character to be by herself, kind of like how Carmella was yes, with that Enzo I and Cass. Hate. Yeah, like yeah. kind of. Yeah, not always, but is right. But like, isn't right. there every time? Right, we don't see her every time with them. Right? Yeah, right. That, she that's is not where I'm the. They go. She is not the third, like partner in this law firm. All of a sudden, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Um. Anyway, back to the I, match. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm selfishly going to remember this about this specific match back in August on my bachelor party with Anthony. Uh, yep. Uh, when we were in Detroit leaving for Chicago, it was right after the Detroit evolve show going to the Chicago evolve show. We went to the bar. I had a beer with Austin theory and talked to him for like two hours in a bar that had maybe nine people in it. Mm -hmm. And now this fucking guy is at WrestleMania. Yeah. Now I know the circumstances are what they are and it was, you know, something with Andrade and he couldn't compete because he was sick or he's hurt or something or other. And it wasn't really his like time to shine, but he still was in WrestleMania. He was at WrestleMania. And he's still, yeah. And he's still well, on but, Raw now. And I just think like, holy freaking well, shit. Well, but that, I mean, that wrestling. speaks to something too. Like we were talking about, like Evolve is, is that hotspot now. And, you know, we've kind of talked about this with, with uh, Shark Bait. You're, you know, I mean, your best man at your wedding and, and, uh, like he, the opportunity is there for people there. You know what I mean? Like you, if you shine there, like you mm -hmm. might, you're not that far removed from a WrestleMania appearance as weird as that sounds. And that's what I will remember. It's just incredible that in August he was of last year, uh -huh. he was wrestling in front of 400 people in Detroit. Michigan. Noogie. Yeah. And just hanging out. He like, and I tell you what there, Matt Riddle was there. Tommaso Ciampa was there. Uh, other Evolve guys were there, uh, and when when Austin Theory walks into a room, everyone, Tommaso Ciampa and Matt Riddle included, look at him when he walks into a room. He just has that it factor. He's the fucking man. He's going to be really good. Anyhow, that's what I will remember. The match, I think it would have been cool that, hey, Bianca's here to save the day. That would have got the big uh, cheers from the crowd. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't, but... You know. Oh yeah! Can you imagine eighty thousand people chanting "We want the smoke" with the music, yeah, exactly. and the cups? Oh there yeah, in the whole middle section of it all. has the cups. Yep. You know. Anyhow. Anyway, it is what it is. Do they make big foam cups like the instead of the big foam fingers? Right, you get a big foam plastic cup. That would be like, awesome. Yeah. Right? The Spanish announce table. Bailey retained the SmackDown Women's Title against you know. Look, man, I, Bailey, I'm done with. I, I guess I don't. I'm not in. I'm not bought in anymore. I don't know. 
I liked her ad libs. I will give her this about this match spe- specifically. Her ad libs were really good. So there was one spot where she gets kicked to the gut and she rolls out to the ring. And I think S- Michael Cole says something to the effect of, oh, Sasha and Bailey may not be on the same page. And she, as she's selling her stomach, goes, yes, we are. And then yeah. like, gets back and rolls into the ring. Like she did a lot of those little things really well that made me entertained. As far as the story of this, I don't care. I thought it was interesting that they slow played the heel turn or the payoff. I thought at WrestleMania of all the events, you would have had the Sasha goes heel or Bailey goes heel kind of thing, but they still did the slow burn where Sasha helps Bailey, but is she really going to help her in the future? One of those things. Uh, I found that an interesting aspect of the story. Doing that though, like how many years are we going to like, we get it. Like they kind of are friends. Like we get, (laughs) like they kind of friends. And how many times, and how many times are we just going to dangle the carrot in front of, the wrestling fan of remember how cool it was in 2015 and they had that match. Uh-huh. 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 It's like, just do it or not. Like, why are they like, always around each other? We get it. They're kind of friends. They kind of don't like each other. And Bailey kind of likes her more than Sasha likes her. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah, just, just Story's move told. on or do Story it. Story is told. Right. <laughs> Story done. Yeah. The Spanish announce table. The Firefly Funhouse match. Interesting. You're right. Way less of a match and more just an acid trip. Really fun. And I like if they will, I swear to God, they better never make a fucking gimmick pay-per-view out of this. But like if they reserve this for truly big time blow-offs for Bray Wyatt, it could be a very effective tool for his character. Oh, my God. Yes. I think perfect world scenario for me is anytime you know legend wrestler wants to end their career if it could be this way mm-hmm. i'm fucking down for it except for the undertaker undertaker you're done you rode off into the night you're fucking never coming back but, but you're right like if this was the last cena match we ever saw it, it would oh, feel right how perfect would that be right and let's just hypothetically say let's not do it at a big pay-per-view like a SummerSlam or a wrestlemania but if we did it at a lower tier money in the bank, one of those kind of uh, pay-per-views and had a ride off into the sunset for Kane or for mm. Big Show, I'm yeah, fucking down I just, for that. I do worry about it becoming that, like, because then we'd all know, like, all right, well, we know who's winning. This is clearly, although that's, you know, if you, you would tune into that. It's like a funeral, right? Um, yeah. You do. But I still think they could use it even in other realms, even when it's not a legend retiring. Like, I think you can. It doesn't even have to be even the the same exact like a this is your life format. Like if just in in real true blow offs, right? Like let's say this is a every couple of year, you know, or, or whatever. He's got a major blow off finally with some character and just get weird with it. Well, yeah, right. Like get real weird with it. Like just yeah, do something and, and, intense. Yeah, and let me clarify. I don't want this to be a once a year Firefly Funhouse match. I don't. I want this like if this is WrestleMania 36, the next time I see this WrestleMania 38. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, or even SummerSlam a year and a half from now, right? Like just Yeah. Yeah, and like Give I said it it's it, even even if it was something different, like it wasn't like you're saying like a, a legend going it was some other thing that he's been building a 8-month storyline with and it's finally a blow off and they just do some other bizarre shit. You know what I mean? Like he's the thing where like he worked him to the point with his with his biceps that he couldn't then defend himself like that was genius right like I, 
Everything about it was awesome. Every fucking thing about it was awesome. I loved it. The eighty stuff. I was laughing so hard because I was telling my son, I was like, this is this I was like, this is not a joke. This is what eighties wrestling was like. He would have been named that. He would have came in lifting those weights. He would have been screaming. I was like, hey, and they all screamed. Like he couldn't wrap his brain around this. He was like, this is really what I was like, dude, when I grew up when I was like growing up watching wrestling, this was this is what drew me in even. I, yeah, there were so many Easter eggs and there were so many things that as a longtime fan, you were rewarded for knowing. Like, for example, one of the littlest things, details that just made me go like, oh, this is already interesting is when John Cena keeps on saying ruthless aggression and throwing the punch, yeah. which is essentially saying like, that's why he wasn't going getting over because he kept on doing the same thing over and over again. Anyhow. As he was missing Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt started to say, you can look, but you can't yep. touch, which is the fucking Bella's yes. uh, theme song. Right. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. It was well, And I love so like uh, the uh, what was what did they call the buzzard when he was commenting? It was the macho something, right? Like, I mean, just the little yeah, touch. Macho man. Yeah. Gosh. Macho Mercy, perfect. right? Or something yeah, like that. Macho Mercy. Yeah. And then you had the Vince McMahon with, this is good Mr. shit. Mr. McBoss which, Man. <laughs> right. Which, when he says, this is good shit, if you listen to uh, Brody Lee, or formerly Luke Harper, on Chris Jericho's podcast, he talked about how Vince McMahon would always say, this is, or no, it was Dean Ambrose yeah. when he would say, this is good shit. This is That's good a callback to that. It's just yeah. perfect. It was great, great, great cinema, fun, wrestling, nonsense, fever dream loved it yeah it it was amazing i i and, i gave it glowing and it was weird too and i loved when that ended that they showed titus o'neill just fucking for no reason yeah. just confused yeah. the shit it was so As fun was. i was like why is it titus <laughs> it just made yeah. sense <laughs> it was perfect uh and, and then again going back to how i wish you know undertaker rode off into the into the night i hope john cena got deleted or whatever we're ca- gonna call you know that it's not deleted because that's Matt Hardy, but whatever we're going to call that, that's the last we ever see John Cena. Don't ever want to see him again. Bye bye. Well, anything will pale in comparison, right? I, let's not. Let's also re- like give him his due. That was one of John Cena's best performances of of something that I've seen. Like that was great, and it was all intimate, like details of him having to like. Like yeah. I bet it was not fun. To have Bray Wyatt sing the Nikki Bella song or the oh, Bella yeah. song, you know well, what I mean? And imagine whoever ha- thinks that part of it, which I, I imagine Bray Wyatt writes most of this sitting in a room with McMahon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine having to approach Cena with that idea. <laughs> it's got to be yeah. a little bit awkward, right? Yeah. Like, hey, listen, um, mm, remember Nikki? <laughs> yeah. Or, or we're just gonna play up everything of your failures. So remember when CM Punk won the title and everyone buried you about it? We're going to play that. Remember when you just got squashed by Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? We're going to play that. Hey, remember all of your failures? We're just going to keep Remember when you got booed out of the building when you faced well, Rob Van Dam at ECW? We're going to play that. Like And I love that they gave it. that they gave Cena his shine, like his time to shine in in the rapping. Like they let him get in offense that actually affected Bray but Wyatt. Again, that I love that part of it as well, because then it shows how, like, even though, you know, me and you look back at the Thugonomics character as like this, like that was when Cena was the coolest. Well, he couldn't have kept doing that because as the climate has changed in society, those jokes are offensive. It was all just you're fat or you're gay or you have 
small testicles. Like he couldn't make a career last as long as it has if he kept doing the rap thing, which I thought was another perfect thing because Bray Wyatt was like, hey, man, do you have anything to say for yourself? And then John Cena makes a, you know, you ain't got no nuts or something and throws a nuts. It was like, yeah, man. That character was great then, but it couldn't have lasted. No, and that's yeah. why he had to switch it up. So, yeah, just, and the little details. So then when they go to WrestleMania, uh, their last WrestleMania match, and they go back to that time period, Bray Wyatt goes back to, like, the the um, cult leader. Oh. And then John Cena even changes his shirt to the shirt period that he was wearing during that time. Yes. It's just everything about it was Well, cool. and, and I loved that aspect of it, too, because when he started talking about that, about that match and what it did again they're going meta because they're discussing what it did for his out of the ring career mm-hmm. uh and i and I, again my son was watching i was like that's not a joke i was like that's very in tune as well like it really did like put out the fire that was bray wyatt at the moment literally i was like it was at the height of like again with the cena thing from the crowd and then it was at the height of like Bray Wyatt going up that it just kind of it went the opposite of what happened with Daniel Bryan where we all went no and I think maybe did it happen before the Daniel Bryan thing is that like because again like with Daniel Bryan we all finally said no fuck that right like Mm -hmm. bullshit not again and then I I think maybe maybe this was one of the things that led up to that because we were fucking like we're not letting you do this again (laughs) you know Uh, because it just it did it felt so deflating that everybody was like see they fucking always do this Cena again so that yeah. was a major aspect to play into that. I'm really glad they did. I like that oh. Cena plays along with this stuff too. And, and you know, like that he's a good sport. Cause this, well, I don't know too many other folks that would have pulled this off as well outside of like a Jericho maybe. Right. But like, well, I don't plays know. Up, he, he plays up to it well because he's done with his career. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. in 2010 he would have done this. You know what I'm saying? And that's when Bray Wyatt was alluding to the fact like you're a bully because you hear a lot of it. Right. The, the JTGs and Crime Time says that Cena's a bully. Uh, what was his name? Aaron Riley? Alex Riley? Dude, a lot of people that- said, well, and if you think about it, people said that about Austin. People said that about right. uh, Hogan because you do. If you're, you are, have to look out for yourself. And when you've got that role of power, you're going to do everything you can to keep it because the alternative is not having it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, oh, a, yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I just, I love the whole layout of, of the fever dream that I keep, I'm calling it a fever dream. Uh, because when he does do, cause when Bray Wyatt gets on his knees, going back to their part of the last WrestleMania, he's like, you should have made this right. You should have hit me with the chair. And this time around, John Cena yeah. does hit Bray Wyatt with the chair, but obviously he misses, but he would have went through with it. Right. Well, w- what do we go right into? NWO, which is a parallel to Hogan turning heel, just like if John Cena would have turned heel at that time period. Like, it was just perfect. They went, oh, it was just fantastic. And then yeah. the fucking Fiend comes out where it gets really scary. I imagine your kid got a little, you know, nervous when Fiend comes out. It was we've perfect, we've perfect, noticed this perfect. with Bray Wyatt from the beginning when when all he was doing was the weird speaking uh, with the with the character, right? Uh, of mm-hmm. the first Bray Wyatt. But we noticed then, I was like, man, if you really listen to this and pay attention, the deep thinking and the callbacks and the level of like verbal gymnastics this guy uses is intense. Bray Wyatt is a genius level thinker, man. And uh, uh, I don't think we're done seeing just uniqueness come from this guy. Even after this iteration of this character is done, like I'm almost ready to see what he's going to come up with next at this point because – the guy's unique and very intelligent. Yeah. Oh God. If he does a Firefly Funhouse to end Edge's run in two years, oh, oh my God, that would be that would be perfect. 
Yeah. He Anyhow. needs to do Vince McMahon when he finally steps away. Well, that's going to be seven hours. So, yeah. I that's- mean, but think about it. Yeah, if I mean, Vince that would be McMahon, cool. like if Vince McMahon tries to put a stop to the Firefly Funhouse because he's tired of being made fun of, and I'm this is serious, and I run a goddamn billion dollar industry, right? Like, and he he becomes the heel to the Bray Wyatt. We know how effective that is, uh, man. And then he puts him away for his last ride in the Firefly Funhouse. I keep fucking I think that more, Firefly Funhouse, but yeah, oh, McMahon. I think a more, I think a more attainable. Uh, Send off would be the in ring career of Triple H. I think that would be true. Cool. That man, there's more. There's I more would love to see to. if like we knew McMahon was like, I'm retiring, I'm done. Uh, you know, yeah. like, he, and then like he's like, but I got one last, right? One last, I got one cool. last thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it was great, but we can move on because we got one last thing here. Unless there was anything you want to wrap up with, I mean, I feel like no, we've no, done no, this no. thing. Just, it was, it was great. I, I, this is why we wanted to do the podcast, was talk about that yep. match, right? The Spanish announce table. Drew McIntyre defeating Brock Lesnar. Again, I think this would have went a lot better with a crowd. Of course, so much of this would have outside of the cinematic matches. But uh, no, this wouldn't have. Well, maybe it would have. But they did the same match that Goldberg and Braun Strowman did. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. And you're right. Like they, they clearly got the message that. You know? It was so lame. And I don't know who to blame, right? Because I think if you would have switched the roles, if you would have had Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar go on night one and then had Braun and Goldberg close, which, I mean, you wouldn't have done. But let's just say the roles are reversed. I- I'd say the same thing. I'd be like, Braun and Goldberg just did the same match that McIntyre and Lesnar did. What the hell? It was just, I don't know. It happened. I, I like the decisions that now we have champions of Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. They're a little bit younger. They're more in their prime. They have more stories to tell than old man Lesnar So there is Goldberg. that. So this I'm, was the I'm, most social event in WWE history. We said like 57% more mm-hmm. uh, social media mentions, which has to mean there were some outside eyes watching it, which again, because mm-hmm. nothing, nothing else, else is going, going on. on. And yeah. you can go free. Hey, it's free, right? Mm-hmm. It's free, man. Just sign up and cancel it. We don't give a fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. They might have been able to say, hey, look, look who we got. Look at these big motherfuckers, right? Like, you guys like big motherfuckers, right? Look yeah. at them. And look, at they beat the shit out of people you know, right? Like, eh, maybe, yeah, maybe just, that hooks some folks. Yeah, and again, I like the decisions of, hey, it wasn't just a Goldberg squash match or a Lesnar squash match. It was those two guys taking pinfalls. I just the structure of the match was just identical, so it was kind of felt a little bit lazy. But I get it, right? Goldberg probably was like, or Lesnar. I bet it was more Lesnar. I bet Lesnar goes, "Hey, I saw what Goldberg did, you know, four hours before me, or whatever they filmed, you know, their matches," and just goes, "We'll just do that. Who cares? I don't. I, there's no one here. I'm just wanting to go home." And so they probably just you know phoned it in, and McIntyre's like. Fine, whatever, as long as I win, gets a hold of the title. Uh, so, yeah, we got McIntyre that finishes standing high with the title, looks to be king shit. And then for whatever reason, on the next night on Raw, Big Show comes out and they do a match, which Byron Saxon was like, we've never seen a champ defend his title so soon after winning it. It was like, do you not fucking remember WrestleMania 9, Yokozuna? beating Bret Hart and then facing Hulk Hogan three seconds later, you dumb shit. Uh, anyhow, so whatever that was, 
Um, Drew McIntyre is now the top guy. Well, and lost in this, and this is this is a touchy subject for some of our international folks, and I'd love to hear some feedback on this. But technically, uh, Drew McIntyre is the first British WWE champion uh, in history. Uh, the WWE, like, you know, world heavyweight champion level. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, most Scottish folks are probably not going to go around telling you they're British, but um, you know what I mean? Uh, like, that's been a – and no. You know? <laughs> Wait. Oh, British, British. Right. Okay. Because right. I was going to say, what about Seamus? But okay. Right. So – Right. Yeah. Technically, Scottish people are British, albeit they're probably not likely to, to go walk around and call themselves British, right? They're going to oh. call themselves Scottish. Um, yeah. Wait a minute. No, you call yourself Scottish. Yeah, you don't call they yourself do. British. Right. But they are technically British. And then the British folks are not going to want to be like, yeah, that's our first fucking, you know, what I mean? because of that also. Right. But Ooh, that's um, interesting. That is an interesting uh, thing. I'd love to hear more folks actually over there weigh in mm-hmm. on that. I'd love to hear like, yeah. because over here we hear what we, what they tell us they say. Right. So yeah. you should yeah, get yeah. some folks uh, over there. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I like it. I like Drew McIntyre, um, enough. I think he's very serviceable and should have runs with a world title level, right? I think he's big. I think he's good enough on a mic. Um, I think he's, he, he figured out how to work a crowd enough, right? He's nothing. He's not the charismatic guy that I think you build a company around forever, right? He's not your Cena kind of level guy, but, um, I've always thought he was a he was positive, right? Like I, I think he's good at what he's doing, and and why not, right? He looks the part, so yeah, yeah. And I think they have a great backup whenever they want to pull the trigger. I think as soon as he starts not hitting with the ratings, uh, or with the crowd, if we ever get crowds again, you know, whatever our barometer is, our finish line. As soon as he doesn't hit those benchmarks, we can go right back to the Monday Night Messiah and the heel Seth Rollins as our savior, as champ. And then you have to get through the Buddy Murphy and AOPs of the world to even get a match with Seth Rollins. Like We have that as our backup or as our first main program with Drew McIntyre whenever we want it. So I think they're really set up for uh, uh, positive stories uh, moving forward. So I'm excited. Again, Braun Strowman as your champion – even though, like you said, it should have been done a while ago when he was white hot. It is what it is. He's still a more serviceable week in, week out champion than a Goldberg was. Well, uh, yeah. So we're, he looks we're good there. on a Tonight Show, showing up with right. that title, making it look small in his hands, doing yeah. some weird stunt for them, and then also being a likable, charismatic, funny guy. So or, that works well. Yeah. For or as soon as you know the likable friendly giant isn't working well then we're just going to go complete badass and he's beating up people in the locker room and shoving the title in Bullying their face folks. and you can't yeah. yeah just you can't take this title away from me so we we got good stories i hope uh from both champions that can be told whenever they're ready for it so i like it the spanish announce table so i like the two night aspect i want to stick with that i feel like well, so here's the hardest part about that. And as a fan, fucking cool, right? Like uh two night, you know, two 3-hour shows or two nights 3 hours each is way better than 6 yep. to 7 on one night, right? right? But from a just, you know, fill a stadium twice. That's hard to do. It yeah, is well, but it isn't, man. Whenever they do their NXT WrestleMania Well, uh, NXT, things- no, 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 no. NXT's in like Equating this to Kansas City, uh, since we're in Kansas City, 
that's saying NXT fills Sprint Center. Uh, WrestleMania's filling up Arrowhead. Like you got to fill up Arrowhead twice. And I don't know if they like doing that. What's the um when they do the whole thing? Yeah, they do the NXT in the same arena. They do the Raw and the SmackDown out when they right. do the whole week. That's a different story than filling stadiums. Stadiums yeah. is sixty to seventy thousand. Do that two times in a row. I'll just tell you from a fan's perspective, I'm not paying two tickets. No, I don't think you are, but I think because the way they do it is the package deals. You know what I mean? I think we would go, right? We would we would have went this year, even if it was a two-night event. We would have been like, that's neat. Like, we would have got our tickets like we normally did. We would have well, known, like, our, our, night, our, our map of our well, evening's let, events is this and this and this well, and this. Well, let, let, let's pump the brakes there, money bags. What's the price point? If the price point is what, you know, they're currently saying that the uh, – the packages are okay, sure, but if they bump that up by five to six hundred dollars because you know the second event is at a stadium and not the you know local albeit arena, it may get more people the chance to go right like they'll be like, all right, you can do one night or you can do a deluxe night of both nights right? like, oh that sucks <laughs> I know then, it does, but that's capitalism, baby, that's what they're gonna do yeah, that is exactly the what they're gonna worst. do that's what I'm saying, so I don't want it like I don't yeah. want it I don't want yeah, Wrestle- right. I just want WrestleMania to be. Three and a half hours long. That's that's all it yeah, should be. Do the smaller arena the night before and call it like pre wrestling you know, like have it be the kickoff show, but have it be a whole a three hour night before and I can decide if I want to go see that shit. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. But you have some well, matches just, on there that I want to see, right? So I go, okay, yeah. I'll go check it out. I just think that WrestleMania and really all pay-per-views, but let's just specifically zero in on WrestleMania, should be the best of the best of the best. Not everyone gets a participation award. I so agree. your Bobby Lashley, Aleister Blacks, go fuck off. You're not, you didn't make it. Your uh, Street Profits versus uh, Austin Theory and the other guy, I fuck off. That. You didn't make it's it. It's almost to the level of like, yeah, it really is like we're going to – obviously the big titles are going to get there, right? Your world titles are going to be on there, your tag titles, right? We're going to hit no. your major titles, but like – you don't even think that, huh? Just I think really, the if best stories, the best stories. I, well, I mean, I would love that. I would love that. I, That's I don't what know. I. We're think. ever going to see that with WWE, at least under the McMahon, at yeah. least until McMahon goes to the Firefly Funhouse. Yes. Yeah. Let's hope he does that sooner rather than later. Not uh, dies, just not retires. dies, <laughs> not dies. Just goes and does the XFL for a while. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Uh. I tell you what. I set the bar really low mm-hmm. for this, mm-hmm. and I I definitely feel like they more than met that, so I'm okay with it, I guess. Yeah, like I said to start off this podcast, I'm comparing this to other things that are currently going on, not to other WrestleManias, and so with that uh, comparison, yeah. I thought it was really well done, and it was The fine, Firefly was- Funhouse made it all worth it. And the, and the Undertaker match. Those two really made it with – with a close third being for me, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, those would probably be my top three. Obviously, if you had a crowd, Otis would have snuck in there as another favorite moment of mine. But you know, go back and watch his final elbow, man, on that caterpillar. I will. I'll have to watch slick. You got to watch it like live while he's doing it. Cause he does. And then like, instead of just like, right when he goes for the elbow, instead of sticking it out, like, he just like it's still tucked at his side, like it's shoulder down first, and and then at the last second he pulls that elbow out. I was like, "Woo!" I'm like, "Oh, just oh selling yeah. it." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Was cool. oh yeah. <laughs> I love um, it, man. All right, man. Well, this was WrestleMania, uh, one of a kind, huh? Showcase of the Immortals. 
Indeed. All right. Well, that's a wrap for our WrestleMania 36 recap. We will be back when we feel like it. The Spanish announce table.